of Pastor Taiwo Udukoya, the senior pastor of the Founding of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. This morning, I want us to consider part of the Bible, a scripture in the book of um, the Epistle of Peter in chapter 5. I will consider a verse, and then we just allow the Holy Ghost to take us on. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 7. It reads, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, Peter was writing to the Christian body, and here he was addressing a common need. You will agree with me that life itself is defined by ups and downs. So we always have times when we are, it's like we're on the mountaintop, but there are times too that we're like in the valley. When we're crying out to God, we're asking God to intervene in certain situations, or we're looking for people to intercede for us in certain areas, or we're busy petitioning God for certain things. That's just the way life is defined. And you'll agree with me that more than any time, at least since most of us were born, these times call for this kind of instruction, casting all your care upon him, for he cares about you. Let me start with the him and the he there. The him here is Jesus. Peter was saying, look, hey, when you're going through, remember that you're not alone. Cast your cares upon him. You don't need to carry unnecessary burdens. That's what he's saying. So what about this Jesus? I'll tell you quickly what Jesus himself said. He said in the book of Matthew in chapter 11, hear what Jesus said concerning burdens. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 9. It says, come unto me, all who labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So you know, Peter knew what he was saying. Peter already had an experience with this Jesus. Jesus himself said to them when he was with them in the physical, he said, come unto me. And it was, it was a call to the disciples and he called to the entire creation. Come unto me, all you will labor, all, all you will labor, and I heavy laden, I will give you rest. In our season, verse 29, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So for all those who are boarding, for all those who are heavy laden, those who think, hey man, this pressure is about to kill me. Say, can I help you? That's the Jesus we're talking about. That's the one Peter was saying, learn to cast your cares upon him because he cares about you. Still talking about Jesus and of course our burdens and our cares as it were. In the book of Matthew chapter 6, remember, from verses 24 through 33, he taught us expressly about how to handle life. Maybe I should read that short portion for you. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry. That's where I'm going. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, verse 27, by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? I stop there. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you remember in verse 24, it says you cannot serve two masters. When you are worrying, you are submitting yourself, as it were, to the Lord of the burden. For example, he said you cannot serve God as have mammon. So why mammon? Mammon, the god of money. So it's not because money is useless. It's not because we don't need money. It's not because God is against money. But when that grieves you and when that takes control, total control of you you don't care for anything you don't regard anybody anymore you don't even, you even forget that god is on the scene and god is part of your life you run with everything you have just to make it and make it and make and yet bible says those who love money so much as to pursue it in their life they don't have enough they die pursuing it so you need to make up your mind that rather than anything seizing my mind i'd rather cast it upon jesus who will not only help me pick it up satisfy me in that area of need give me more of life and more of what i'm looking for than i can ever need so he said which one amongst you verse 27 by warning we add a cubit to his life i like the way it is in the amplified bible and who by warning can add one hour to the length of his life aha so it cannot improve your stature it cannot improve your look if anything is going to reduce your lifespan, worry is a killer. God doesn't intend anything to determine your life or to control your life, to determine your lifespan. Nothing. As a matter of fact, I wrote in the margin of my Bible, I said, rather than worry, helping the situation, it will leave you emaciated of life, of health, of finances, and anything you can think of. Worry is a destroyer. Somebody said, he said, by worrying, it doesn't add anything to your tomorrow. It rather destroys your today. So, cast your burdens upon Jesus, for he cares for you. So, what I've come to say today is this. We have a lot to worry about right now. The pandemic has come with all kinds of troubles. I mean, it attacks every area of our lives. It attacks our finances. It attacks our health. Sniffing lives out of people. I mean, mention it. And then we're on lockdown. Our social lives are destroyed. I mean, everything. So it brings a lot of concern. And for many people, worries about today and tomorrow. Because many are beginning to wonder, what will the post-pandemic era be? What would it look like? What will our nation look like? What will our businesses look like? Will our families remain the same? Will the school life be the way it used to be for our children? So a lot really to think about, but they're not enough to get us worrying. That's where I'm going. Don't let worry seize you. The advice, the instruction, again, I want to repeat, casting your cares upon him for he cares about you i've also said so much about what jesus has said about it i want to just quickly remind you that the reason why jesus would do this is because he cares he cares 
Hear what the writer of John says in John chapter 15, verse 13, concerning him. It says, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friend. The truth be told, nobody can love you like Jesus. If he could lay down his life for you, then there's nothing he won't give for you. He loves you. So in trying to quantify his love, his life, he cares. Some may be saying, but I'm not a Christian. Oh, that's why he died for you. So you can begin to appreciate and discern this love. And all you need to do is accept what he's offering you. And that will change your life. Not just for now, eternally. So why are we being advised to cast our burden on him? Because he cares. He genuinely cares. He genuinely loves us. Glory be to God in the highest. See, that very word care, I searched it out in Strong's Dictionary of the Bible. Simply put, it says, he's deeply interested in you. He concerns himself about your issues. He's longing to help you. As a matter of fact, this is exactly what defined his mission on earth. We were lost and helpless. He came to our situation to help us gain our dominion, which we lost. And so his ministry is to come in to help you. So he's always eager, he's always yearning to help us. That's why Peter will say, casting your bodies on him. Bodies, you will encounter bodies everywhere you go. So cultivate the habit of casting your bodies on him. Because he cares for you. At this point, I think I need to differentiate between worry and concern. Because in explaining from the book of Strong's about Jesus and you, he says he concerns himself about what bothers you, what worries you. So what's the difference between worry and concern? We all have concern for many things. And many of us worry about many things. Somebody says worry. See, it's just the problem. Worries get stuck on the problem. Why concern? They will acknowledge the problem. Pursues the solution. Worry is negative. Concern, though acknowledging the problem or the issue, is positive. I'll give you an example. I may be concerned with the fact that a child is not doing well in school. But when I become worried about it, that will not see the child improving. Rather, it will lead to more frustration for me. And if I'm not careful to lead to anxiety concerning the child's future, and if you don't take time to check it, you will leave the scene. The child will now suffer what you fear most. When I say leave the scene, you will die and go. Worry kills. That's why whatever it is, is it finances? Is it family issues? Worry won't solve the problem. Worry adds problems to problems. Worry worsens situations. There's no one we've been concerned. So he concerned her, we cast it on Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you, you get what I'm saying? What I'm saying today is this. If we're going to go through this and come out better, 
we have to begin to practice casting all our burdens upon Jesus. We are not denying the problem. No, 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 I'm not saying live in denial. Acknowledge it. But don't let it become a monster. Somebody says, the difference between those who worry and those who are concerned is this. Say, those who worry attach themselves to the problem. Those who are concerned disallow the problem from attaching itself to them. They solve it. I give you an example from the Bible. When Moses chose the 12 spies to go spy out the land flowing with milk and honey, promised to them by God, hallelujah, they went there. They saw them. They saw the beauty of the land. They saw how flourishing it was. They saw the citizens of the land, giants. They saw the fruits, giants. The kind, the kind of sizes they've never seen before in their lives. So they came back with reports. Ten of them said, hmm, of a truth, that means a beautiful land, flowing with milk and honey. But we saw the source of the Anarchs there. We saw giants there. Ah, we were like grasshoppers in their side. I don't think we can go. That's worry. Worry always sees the negative side of things. Worry knows that this is a necessity for me. But can I ever get there? When things become a life necessity, and you think you can never get there. Come on. What mathematics are you playing? It's a necessity for life. And I can never get there. That means that you're saying, I won't die. But now compare this with the reports of two, or the minority report. Joshua and Caleb. They said, for truth, the giants were there. The land indeed is big and beautiful. Flowing with mix and honey. The pomegranates were so big that it would take two, three of us to carry a bunch. Say, but we are more than able. To take the land. Now, the question you want to ask me is that why would they say that? Because they've had to fight so many wars with similar giants and they won. And this is the land that they were they've been promised. And these are giants like the ones they fought. Why wouldn't they win? That's concern. That's different from worry. That's the warrior as different from the one that is just concerned about something. Hallelujah. Somebody put it this way. It says worry is concern apart from the grace of God, apart from the power of God, apart from the love of God, apart from the wisdom of God. When I'm concerned about a thing and I forget the God factor, it becomes worry. It becomes anxiety. So what am I saying? In spite of the pandemic, because God is God and he reigns forever, you are overcoming. I am overcoming. We are coming through. In the name of Jesus. And even right now, I want to pray with you. Now, whatever he's sniffing out lives now, whether it's the pandemic or any other thing that the devil may be sending it, we come against it in the name of Jesus. We forbid it in Jesus' name. We decree life to you in the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free, has set you free from the law of sin and death. You will not die. You will come through. Your family will come through. We will come through in the name of Jesus. I said, even if it's not a corona, if it's some other underlying issues, some other problems, maybe bad debt for which you think, oh no, there's no way I can pay this. Why don't you just wait and watch God do what he wants to do? Why don't you just trust God for once? Cast it upon Jesus and let's see what he will do. He promises he will do something about it. Let me go back again and analyze this. It's a casting 
on your case point. Let me pick the word casting. I look at it again from Strong's Dictionary. It says, throwing it away, taking it and throwing it off on him. So it's a deliberate action. It's something you decide to do. It's an intentional thing. See, worry will not leave you. Worry will latch on to you. But you have to make up your mind, like, no, I'm not going to worry. So take it and throw it upon him. Casting all your cares upon him. Because he cares for you. So somebody said, okay, fine. I, I've heard you, Pastor Taiwo. Yeah, you know, the way you're saying it's like I will just take it, like, like I take a button off my body and throw it away. Pretty similar. I will show you how you can do it spiritually. But first, let me give you an example. Remember Anna in the Bible, the book of First Samuel, chapter 1? Married for many years without a child. And in this one, there were two wives. The other wife had many children. And every year, they would go to Shiloh to pray. And in preparation for the journey, the husband would buy gifts and give gifts to the women and to each of the children. So that means that the bulk of the gift will go to the other woman and her children. And apart from that, the other woman constantly would be in a mockery of Anna. So Anna was really, really almost depressed. So there was this day they went to Shiloh. And after all the ceremonies at Shiloh and the prayers and everything, the Bible says, take to a synagogue where I could be alone with God. And the Bible said, poured out his heart before God with tears. But unknown to her, the high priest had his own issues. He was sitting on the stool at one corner, probably thinking of his own future. And when he saw a woman at an unusual place, at an unusual time, when everybody was feasting, he thought, this is one of the women that are coming to distract my sons because his sons were in trouble. They were pursuing women and God was judging them at the time. And he said, when will you stop with this, you're drunken... The woman said, no, my Lord, I am not one of those useless women. I am not drunken. I'm a woman who is really, very wounded at heart. Just pouring out my soul to the Lord. The priest realized what it was and said to her, may the Lord answer your prayers. And she left. By the following year, her story changed. Now, the question is this. Did she cast her body on the Lord? Sure. I'll give you another one. The one with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. The Bible says for 12 years, she was hemorrhaging. She had done everything that could be done. Suffered many things from many physicians. Spent all her livelihood was at the end of her life. Then she heard about Jesus. Then she said to herself, hmm, if only I could touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be healed. If all doctors have failed, all counselors have failed, if money cannot help me anymore, let me take it to Jesus. She did. She pressed through the crowd. 
she touched just the hem of the garment. The Bible says immediately she was made whole. The question, did she cast her ball in on Jesus? Yes, she did. Did Jesus live up to his promise that Come unto me, who labor under heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Did she find a rest that day? Oh, yes. I'm saying to someone here today, there is rest for you in Christ Jesus. You never know rest most of your life. That night is knocking on your door. Will you open? Hear what Paul said concerning this, talking of how to cast our bodies upon him. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God which passes human understanding will keep God over your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. The Amplified Bible will explain it better for me. Listen to it in the Amplified Bible. We're talking of how to cast your body on Jesus. Amplified Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, Do not be anxious or worry about anything. But in everything, in everything, in every circumstance, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. Continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace will stand guard over your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, I mean today. In fact, this reminds me. Let's go back again and look at 1 Peter 5, verse 7 in the Amplified Bible. You see that it agrees exactly with what we're saying. It says, casting all your cares, in bracket, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So you can appreciate what Paul was saying when he says, look, bring all. Be anxious for nothing. I mean nothing at all. But by prayers and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. So how do you do it? By prayers. Just we have, as we have seen in the life of the, those two that we mentioned. If I, if I can give you more. Remember, in the sea where they were sleeping, when they got to the end of their own ability, they went to him. He solved the problem. There was a calmness. There was a rest. In the midst of the storm, there was a sudden rest. I speak rest in your chaos, in the name of Jesus. So you see, we're not just playing church. We are speaking life. This is the reality of all realities. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You can begin to enjoy that life from now. Now you'll agree with me. That if I'm going to cast my burden on you, I must have access to you. There must be access. You must be able to access my space for you to take it and throw it on me, for you to unload it on me. You must be able to access my space. You know what Jesus says? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God the Father except by me. 
He's the access. He's the one that laid down his life. To accept his offer of love is to gain access into the space of God. Glory be to God in the highest. The book of Psalms, chapter 16, says in your presence there is fullness of joy. No wonder we don't carry burdens in his presence. So to be able to begin to cast your burdens on him and begin to make it a lifestyle, you need to have a relationship with him. Are you ready for that today? Honestly, I see you coming through a different person in the name of Jesus. I see this corner door as devastating, as annoying, as disturbing as it has been. And of course, we empathize with all who have lost loved ones and things. But we are saying that you will come out thanking God for Corona in Jesus' name. So that what the devil intended for evil will turn out for your good in the name of Jesus. I submit to his leadership. I would like to pray for you if you are sick in your body. Or if you are disturbed in your mind. If you are at that point where you are thinking there is no hope in the future. I want you to post, listen to me. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray with your son and your daughter. I come against every lie of the devil against their lives. I thank you because by the stripes on the body of Jesus Christ we have been healed. So in terms of physical healings, I decree that your body is healed in Jesus' name. In terms of inner turmoil, I decree the peace of God in your heart in the name of Jesus. I come against every spirit of infirmity, whether the one tormenting your heart or the one tormenting your body. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But I thank you for victory in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the testimonies that I can begin to feel uh, that will come from this group of people. We give you all the praises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I speak the peace of God over your life. Remember, it says, with prayers and supplication, with thanksgiving, always make a request known to him. Then the peace of God we keep God over your heart and mind. I speak that peace over your heart and mind in the name of Jesus. I release that peace into your homes in Jesus' name, into your marriages in the name of Jesus. Uh, I speak that peace into the lives of your children. The Bible says, great shall be the peace of your children. Uh, and I restore the joy of salvation into every sector of your existence in the name of Jesus. It is well with you. Stay blessed. Learn to cast all the cares upon him. Make it your lifestyle. That's why he came. That's why he died. Not just for eternity. Yes, it's for eternity. But even for our now. God bless you. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Taiwo Odukoya, please contact us at the Founding of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries of Town Planning Way in Lupeju, Lagos. P.O. Box 698, Shemolu, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you.